the one with Poppy. I didn't know when it was going to happen, or where, but I knew it was going to happen. Turns out, it took all of two hours. I was sitting in the tuck with Bridget, Petra, and Beth. They all, or at least Bridget and Beth, knew I was upset. Beth was actively probing to get me to talk. Bridget was passively trying to screen me from Beth's questions. She knew I'd have already told them if I thought I could. Suddenly, an ice-cold voice spoke over my shoulder. You! I just winced. Hi, Poppy, Bridget said, momentarily missing the tone of voice. Poppy ignored Bridget. You! She hissed again at me. Get up! We need to talk, she growled, no one missing the hostility in her voice now. The three girls I sat with all shrank back. See you later, Alistair, said Beth. Maybe, added Petra darkly. Don't trust this shithead, Poppy growled at them, angry that they had simply sat with me. I dutifully got up and muttered, later. Guys, I kind of hung my head and let Poppy lead me out of the tuck. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the three sharing wide-eyed gazes. Poppy led me out of the basement level and outside. It was full-on dark out, and we wandered around a corner into the open. It was not private, but it was at least out of people's direct vision. She rounded on me. You fucked my mother. I had no answer. There was no answer. The evidence had been abundantly clear. What the fuck were you trying to do, you cocksucker? Poppy went on, angrily but quietly. Even in her rage, she knew that Mr. Thelves's apartment was only two stories above us, and his windows were always open. I, I started to say, though I had no idea what words were going to follow. I, turns out I needn't have worried. Poppy ran right over me. I can't even go home now, you asshole. Not after what I saw. How am I supposed to make my mother's bed ever again? I'll have patsed. She balled up her fists and glared at me. She has texted me like a hundred times since that god-awful moment. You should talk to her, I started to say in alarm. I could handle any consequence other than coming between Poppy and her mom. I am not at home to you handing out advice, Poppy spat. She stamped her foot. Here I thought it was kind of cute that you were following me around. I thought maybe you were maybe going to try to ask me out or something. But no, you were macking on my mom, Poppy. Do not talk to me. Less than a minute after Poppy had stalked off and I had swung in the opposite direction to walk through the night outside around a couple of buildings to the stairs of my dorm, my phone dinged, more or less automatically. I looked at the text. I was not in conversational mood. It was a new text group, Beth, Petra, Bridget, and of course me. Wait, those three together in this conversation. Apparently, the compartmentalization of my life was breaking down here at the end of school. Beth, is she done with you? I sighed. Me, I don't know. Hope so, I think. Petra, where are you? Me, I'm going to my dorm to sulk. Alone, I shoved my phone in my pocket and climbed the stairs. Less than two minutes after I was in and flopped down on my bed in the dark, the room lit only by nighttime ambient light from the window. My door swung open and all three girls slid in. In the dark, really? Was all Bridget said, sitting quietly on the other end of my bed. We knew you were interested in her, Petra said. Did you get a little too aggressive too soon? 
Before I could object to that idea, Beth cut in. Alistair, not a fucking chance. I shot Beth a look of gratitude at her somewhat misplaced faith me, but said nothing. Beth perched on the edge of my desk chair. Petra leaned against the far wall. Bridget slid a little closer and patted my thigh. Come on, dude. You look traumatized. You know you can talk. I know you worry about secrets that aren't yours to tell, but you need to talk about whatever happened, and you knew we can all keep it quiet. I looked back and forth significantly from Beth to Petra, whom I had certainly not told about each other. Bridget shrugged. Sometimes people guess, dude. When Petra got close to the truth, we thought it was better to tell than to lie, and it is all in the family. I sighed and nodded. But you pissed that girl off, man, Bridget went on. This is a case where you need some outside advice. I don't think I've ever seen you piss anybody off for any reason, much less a girl you like. Fess up. I took a deep breath. Did you fuck her finally? And it got all tangled, Beth guessed. I shook my head. I didn't fuck Poppy. I fucked Sloane. They all looked at me. Who the fuck is Sloane? Petra asked. I looked up. Poppy's mom. Now, that bought me a few moments of blessed silence. A few moments. You fucked Miss Manning, Bridget gasped. I thought my days of shocking Bridget had passed. After another hesitation, Beth asked, When the hell did you decide to do that? About ten minutes before I did, I sighed again. We had been flirting harmlessly. Then, all of a sudden, You flirt like a hurricane. How did Poppy find out? Petra asked. She walked in on her mom, riding me on the bed, I confessed. Another few moments of blessed silence. Poppy was pretty stoked, actually, on first seeing her mom was finally getting laid. But then she saw by who. I think the Poppy campaign can probably be set aside. Yeah, dude, Petra said. That is done. Alistair, what possessed you when you were chasing a girl like Poppy to let yourself get distracted by her mother? Bridget asked sympathetically. Have you seen her mother? They all three laughed. Alistair, Beth said, you are a great guy. Separate from that, you are a great lay. But you are a great lay. But you are a great lay. But you are one seriously elemental dude. You know that. Yeah. Well, I am seriously elementally bummed, I growled. I've got to fix this. Again, they laughed at me. There is no fixing having fucked her mom, Bridget said gently. Yeah, Petra said. Move on. She leaned forward, arms still folded under her breasts. I imagine that you might be able to find an avenue or two to distract you from the disappointment. Petra and I had finally made the chance to get together without having Bridget there to make things all complicated and athletic and awesome. The results had been extremely gratifying. Yes, I had plenty of distractions available. That isn't my problem, I said miserably. Look at yourselves. I'm the luckiest guy on the planet, and that hasn't changed. But I have to fix this. I waved my phone at them. Poppy blocked her mom. She won't talk to her at all. I can't have that go on. It's my responsibility. If I blocked my mom, she'd slit her wrists. They all looked at each other. I have my mom blocked right now, said Bridget, and she has another two days in the box before I let her out. I block my mom all the time, said Beth. Petra looked at them both. I've never even thought to block my mom. But that is brilliant. Alistair, in a day or three, Poppy will walk over to her house, yell at her mom in the kitchen, and they will hug it out. 
they will be buddies again and Poppy will get to be the grown-up for once, Beth said. But she's still gonna hate you, Petra added. Oh yeah, Bridget agreed. Come on, you've got to tell us. How did she react when she saw it was you in bed with her mom? She screamed. You stuck that into my mother, I said miserably. I really didn't need the last round of laughter. I just hoped that they were right about the rest of it. Poppy actively avoided me. Big surprise. The big surprise came the next day. I was chilling out on the grass beside the campus pond in the afternoon, with nothing to do because it seemed like a super bad idea to go hang out by the tennis courts, much as I wanted to see how Sloane managed with Poppy at practice. Ben suddenly appeared and came toward me at a hell of a fast clip. You, he exclaimed with an intensity I had not thought him capable of. He plopped down on the grass, next to my puzzled ass. It's you! You are Beth's other guy! Oh, wow, dude, I started to say. Great! Just what I needed. Another uncontrolled revelation. Now Ben was going to be pissed with me. But he wasn't. He was burbling. First, those three hot chicks, back where you live. Now you get with Beth here, Ben exclaimed. You are even more of a legend than I thought, he slapped me on the shoulder, then sobered suddenly. But not as legendary as you are as a friend. You practically browbeat me into asking her out. Truer friendship hath not been seen on earth than when Alistair chose to share that girl. She has told you that she asked me to do that, right? I said dryly. At least this did not look like it was going to go sideways. Really, I mean, she did say that but I didn't believe her. It happened. I'm happy to have helped. I did not tell him that she had made the request while I was buried balls deep inside her, much as his reaction would have been a top five priceless moments in my life. His ego did not currently appear to need a boost. Are we all right? I asked slowly. What? Yes, of course, Ben said, then paused. Long as neither of us hurts Beth, we just keep riding the greatest wave ever, right? We fist-bumped. I do worry, though, Ben said. I thought you just said not to worry, I replied, Antennae perking back up again. It's just. I hope Beth hasn't seemed less satisfied with you lately, Ben said uncomfortably, but with this weird edge of glee. Why would she? I asked very slowly. Well, you know how girls always say size doesn't matter he asked. Spoiler alert, girls never told me that size did not matter. Well, even if it doesn't, Ben went on, oblivious to my inner commentary. Comparisons could be unfortunate. You know what I mean? I stared at Ben. He stared at me. Was he hiding a smug expression? Ben, I ground out, a little irritably. Is this seriously a conversation that you started just so you can allege to me, your male buddy, that you are hung? No. Of course not. I came over here because you need to know that now I know about you. But I thought you might want a heads up, since we are talking. You are going to tell me anyway, I said, hanging my head to hide my incipient laughter. Just how hung are you, Ben? Dude, boundaries. Ben laughed, he paused. Seven and a half. Looks like Beth is a very lucky girl, I said. A couple of days after that, I saw Poppy in the halls again. Instead of avoiding me like the plague, she rolled right up on me this time. She literally poked me in the chest and declared, I talked to mom this morning. 
Excellent, I interrupted enthusiastically, and probably unwisely, and I want you to know that she is in a great mood, Poppy overrode me. Excellent, I repeated, a little more slowly. This was not the face of a girl happy, that I had cheered up her mother, not because of you, mister, Poppy almost taunted. She went out on a real date with a real adult man. I'm not even sure she came home last night. Excellent, I said again, displaying my encyclopedic grasp of vocabulary. I think she decided she needed to finally get back out there. After her, Poppy spluttered. Fucking pony ride! I almost snorted in laughter. I did not, because I do have some self-control. But I almost did. I'm really glad, was all I trusted myself to say, since that was 100% true. Oh, and I'm sure that you aren't jealous, Poppy went on sarcastically. But she seemed a little upset that I was not. I am not, I said calmly. How could I possibly justify being possessive of Sloane? I'm not possessive of anyone, and no one should feel possessive about me. Sloane, Poppy said, starting to get wound up again. Sloane, look, Al Taylor, you may have come out of your shell enough lately to do things like actually finally talk to people, including me, but that doesn't make you some kind of player. Four years of being invisible doesn't lie. Lightning struck, and you got lucky. Okay, that stung. I had not been reminded of just what the world had felt like, all the time, up until March in a while. I may have snarled a little. Look, Poppy, I am glad your mom is happy. But it is not because she was my first time or anything, because your mom most certainly was not. And it isn't because it was our third time around that afternoon that you interrupted, which it most certainly was. I'm happy because your mother is a genuinely nice person and deserves to be happy. And I stalked away. As I did, I did not feel proud, but I did feel like several springs had loosened. Sloane was in a good mood. Poppy was actually talking to her. My main worries were settled, and I had done something I had wanted to do for a long time. I'd told off a girl for treating me like a loser. Three months ago, I'd probably have been a little excited to have a girl be sufficiently aware of me to even call me a loser. That evening, I found myself in a booth in the tuck with Ben and Beth and nobody else for the first time. Ben and I had rolled in for shakes and found Beth holding down an empty booth. We had a brief, silent standoff over who would sit next to Beth, which I had won by simply hip-checking Ben to the side and sliding in next to her. We all three had just grinned at each other. And there we sat, hanging out and having a great time, sharing dreams of college days to come. When I finally got around to actually going to get us some shakes, Ben took the opportunity to slide over to Beth's side of the booth. I knew he would. When I returned, I handed out shakes to Beth and Ben and sat down on the other side with a smile. The conversation resumed happily until an inevitable, completely natural pause in our discussion arose. Beth had probably been waiting for it. Well, Alistair, this is a new thing for you, isn't it? She asked. We both looked at her, puzzled. It's usually you sitting in the booth with more than one girl you are sleeping with. Tonight, you are one of the harem members. Ben looked scandalized. I just laughed. Got that, Ben? We are Beth's harem, she said, taping a finger to her pursed lips as she thought furiously. Veils would look stupid on you. I should get you ball caps. 
maybe in black, with white letters that say, Gorch, I asked, curious. Yeah, bear. For my big dick harem, she laughed. Ben snorted. Then he winked at me and murmured, I guess she thinks you rate too, dude. We all laughed for a moment, then Ben stopped in shocked recognition and slapped his hands down loudly on the booth's table. Beth's name for her collection of males was instantly forgotten. Ben was suddenly in the know some more. Hold on. More than one girl you are sleeping with. Beth isn't the only one, he asked me. He turned instantly to Beth. He is sleeping with someone else here, I just grinned, almost sheepishly. I had gotten my alpha shit out of my system earlier in the day while beating up on poor, undeserving Poppy. I wasn't even interested in torturing Ben. Much. Beth fucking laughed hysterically. Who? Ben asked desperately. We both just grinned cruelly at him. We both just grinned cruelly at him. We did exchange enough of a glance to reassure each other that Ben was indeed part of the family now. What he figured out, he figured out. Realizing we were not going make it easy for him, Ben started thinking out loud. Okay, who do you hang out with here in the tuck? He mused for a moment. Dang. Arl, you actually hang out with a lot of girls these days, don't you? I mean, like Carla, Bridget, and Beth, of course, but also at least that one night, you were on the other side from Beth and me with Bridget and Petra, of all people, and I saw you in here one time with Jen, Poppy, and I saw you in here one time with Jen, Poppy, and Chelsea. The suspect list is long, dude. Chelsea, really, I said. Not that girl. Well, you are really narrowing it down for me, Ben said snarkily. Not Poppy either, Beth chirped. Beth, I said quellingly. Ben shot me a look. Did you try to make a move on Poppy? Ballsy move, dude. But even the twin whisperer has to get shot down occasionally. No shame, the twin whisperer, Beth asked. Trey's new name for him, Ben grinned. Adam and Trey had gotten out of hand one evening a week or so back, and I had finally clued them into Mary's twin sister Maddie and how that all went down. It had put them in their places. Unfortunately, it also had garnered me yet another nickname. That still leaves me with a bunch of suspects, Ben murmured. He stared hard at me, looking for clues in my face and finding none. He looked at Beth, but she was out, blanding even me. Come on, guys. Your reasoning is sound so far, Beth said evilly. But you are going to have to figure it out on your own. Yeah, content yourself with your place in Beth's harem. Right, I grinned. Ben almost blushed. I'm a lucky man, he said quietly, looking into Beth's eyes. Could be worse, I piled on. I mean, the first time Beth brought you up in terms of being interested in you. It was in the context of a threesome, I said. His eyes shot to me, and I twirled my finger around the booth to indicate what three people she had had in mind. Ben froze for a moment. Then the fucker said, What are we waiting for? And started to get up, out of the booth. I just gawped at him like a beached whale. Beth's laughter pealed out through the tuck. It was so loud. We had multiple other groups staring at us. She pulled Ben back into the booth. We'll work on him, buddy, she told him. I wanted to get up and run, but I hung in. It had been five whole days since I had last had sex with Beth, and running away from her teasing now might mess up my plans to end that streak during third period the next day. 
This next bit of the story I didn't see. Forgive me if I go all narrative shift and tell you what I learned later. You don't need to be as confused as I was at the time. My life is a living hell, Poppy said, slamming her way into Jen's room in their dorm and flouncing down on her bed. I figured, Jen said tartly. Come in, by the way. What the hell kind of bug crawled up your ass this week? You've been insufferable. An old tailor-sized bug. You've had Alistair up your ass. Jen gasped, almost horrified. Missing the nature of Jen's reaction entirely, Poppy just snorted. He fess. She started to blurt, then realized that she was going to need to build up her resolve. Even with Jen, this was going to be a hard story. But she had to tell it to somebody. Look, he has started hanging around the tennis facility lately, going up or back from track, and even more so after their last meet. I thought it was kind of sweet, I mean, I thought it was pretty clear he was there to see me, given where he was always looking or standing. The only other person he talked to or even looked at was my mom, once she took over coaching us. Nice, Jen said enthusiastically. Nice, Al. Little scrawny Al Taylor, her goes by Alistair these days, Jen said softly, and I think you may have noticed that he's well over six feet, and not really scrawny anymore. Yeah, Poppy sighed. I have noticed, and it was actually starting to charm me. I mean, it's been a while, you know. So what's the problem? He has another girl or two? Jen asked slyly. Poppy started to answer, caught her breath, then blurted out, a couple of hours after my match, I walked over to my house to get some stuff. I walked in on my mother, fucking all, Jen choked. She had not seen that coming. Oh my god, she managed. I thought he was this sweet guy, trying to get up the nerve. Then all of a sudden, that. What the actual fuck? He is a sweet guy, Jen said firmly, defending Alistair. She smiled. It sounds almost like you are mad that your mom got there first. Poppy looked like she was having an aneurysm. I assume you saw them both naked, Jen asked. Poppy needed a full brain whack to get her shit together. Of course, they were fuck. Ing, you yourself told me a story once. That shows nudity. It isn't necessary, Jen said. Poppy blushed at being called out on the George Harding event. They were naked, Jen repeated. He was. My mother was wearing one fucking shoe. Jen snorted at that, and even Poppy crooked a tiny grin. What's your point, Jane? I'm just saying that I think I understand. Seeing that waving around my mother might alarm me too, Jen said with exaggerated patience. And she waited. She didn't wait long. Poppy was observant. Wait just one cotton. Picking minute. Where did you hear about his? That, Jen sighed. Poppy needed a reality check, and she needed to lay off Alistair. Because, she said, among other occasions, Alistair fucked me with, that's yesterday afternoon. Poppy squeezed her eyes shut and opened them again. Twice. You have fucked Alistair Taylor? Yes, multiple times. Oh hell yes. Before and after he fucked my mother. In my defense, I was unaware of the mother. In my defense, I was unaware of the mother thing. I did know he was interested in you, however. So he was, Poppy asked, before catching herself. But hey, if you were fucking him, how were you okay with him sniffing around me, even accepting my mother? Because I'm already not the only one fucking Alistair. I don't know who they are, but I have my suspicions. 
And believe me, I intend to keep fucking him. I'm a little surprised that your mother doesn't seem intent on doing him again herself. What is happening? Poppy asked in amazement. What is happening is that a number of girls have figured out that Alistair Taylor is a stupendous lay, and not just because he is stupendous. He is sweet and caring, and incredibly determined to please, and so intense. I swear, he almost made me come once with just his eyes. He fucked my mother. If she was down, do you blame him? Your mom is hot. I was sitting in a booth with Beth, Bridget, and Carla, and it was nice seeing Carla for the first time in a while. We were all teasing her about how her plan to take things slow with Ron and see how it went had not survived contact with the enemy, or the new boyfriend as it were. The two of them had been reprimanded twice for public displays of affection. It was a little bittersweet nonetheless. I was about to lose my closeness with everyone at school, but Carla had become effectively distant prematurely, still my friend, but not around. To be clear, yes, I missed having sex with Carla. I'd have to be dead not to. But I missed her obnoxious ridiculing of me for my every screw-up even more. Hey guys, can I borrow Al for a minute? asked Poppy, appearing beside our booth. Carla was fully in the loop on the whole Poppy and her mom situation, and the three of them about fell all over each other to get out of the booth. I didn't mean for you guys to leave, Poppy said, trying to forestall their departure. No, no, Beth said. We all have things to see and people to do. You guys relax and try not to get in any knife fights. With that, they all beat it from the tuck, leaving me at Poppy's mercy. So, she said, looking after them. They are in the know. About some of it, I shrugged. I was in a dark place after you ripped me a much-deserved new one the night after. Happened. I needed my emotional support team. Ah, ha, was all Poppy said. Look, are you here to resume beating on me? I'm genuinely here to take it, but I want a fresh shake before you start, I said, starting to get up. Can I get you something? Sit down, Al, Poppy said sternly. I sat back down. So, after you slapped me around in the hallway the other day, she began. Sorry about that, I said. I was being intentionally hurtful, not to mention oversharing. Apparently you'd been over, something snorted Poppy. Look, the point is, you stung me enough that I finally went home and talked to my mom. Oh, thank God, I said, slumping with relief. Yeah, Poppy said. Anyway, after she thanked me for unblocking her and apologized for giving me a heart attack, she waited all of three seconds before she started ripping me a new one for saying bad things to and about you. I may not have taken that very well. In the end, I stomped out and fumed the whole mile. Long walk back to school. Poppy, come on. You need to quit fighting with, among the multiplicity of things that I do not need or want from you. Al, Poppy said sternly, talking to me like you are a teacher is high on the list. I shut up. When I got back here, I too wanted some support. I went up to see my best friend, Jen. I think you know her. Oh shit. Instead of support, I get a reprimand, along with yet more first, and tales of wonder and myth about Alistair and his amazing Technicolor dream. Cock, I winced. Worse, Poppy added. That third leg you have going down there was actually low on her list of enthusiasms. 
It began to occur to me for the first time that Poppy was being almost good-humoured about this. So, who the fuck are you, man? Jen also said that you have at least one, and maybe a shit, Tonmore. Lovers besides her. For all I know, I may have thrown one of them out of this booth a minute ago. She paused and looked at me. I said nothing. Fuck, I did, didn't I? She shook her head. Sorry, she added sincerely. I hung my head for a second. I try to be really committed to keeping secrets, I said in frustration, but I seem to really suck at hiding it when someone guesses them. What the hell, man? Poppy almost shouted before getting her volume under control. What the hell? On the one hand, you are this raging fuck monster who is banging everything with a vagina in New England. That is not true. Okay. Everything with a vagina, except me. And you sure seemed to have had a target on my back. Or somewhere below that, the accused sat mute, miserably, but with his eyes resolutely on Poppy. And you were just sitting here with another one of your... It was just one of them, wasn't it? Oh shit, it won't. Fuck, man, she grabbed her hair and squeezed. All these women, they all at least sort of know about each other, and none of them hate you. I kind of shrugged. She was rolling, and she wasn't being vicious anymore. So I was falling back on my most successful play with women, if they aren't saying something untrue or unkind to someone else. Let them talk. It had never failed me in the long run, and I was learning that she was kind of extra hot when she was frustrated. Mom and Jen, at least, both talk about you the same, schizophrenic way. Half the time they go on as if you are some big dopey golden retriever who would do anything for them, protect them with its life, and give them the shirt off its back if they needed it. She stopped and shook her head. Those metaphors don't all mesh, damn it, she muttered. The best writer in school was never satisfied. Then she looked up and back into my eyes. Then the rest of the time, they get all matter. Of fact about how you are this life-changing. Amusement park ride who hypnotizes you with a gaze that is totally overpowering. And you are trying to look at me like that right now. I snapped out of the reverie I had been in, looking at her more intently than I was listening. Sorry, I muttered. Sorry, I don't want to upset you. Poppy said, Calm down. This isn't the first time you've stared at me like that, is it? Just the first time from so close up. Who are you? She asked again, unnerved. I sat back heavily in the booth and ran my hands through my own hair. Poppy, I don't know. Half the time, I pull off all sorts of crazy shit and I don't recognize myself in the mirror. The other half of the time, I feel like the same old Al and it is the world around me that had gone wild. You poor baby, she said dryly. Ha, I laughed. I'm well aware how good I have it and that it's doubly good considering where I came from. Even one, any one girl or woman in my life would alone have been an unimaginable upgrade for me three months ago, just sitting here in this booth with you, even including the reaming I'm getting right. Now would have been an amazing social success for me before this spring. So were you hit by a glowing meteorite or what? Poppy actually laughed. I chuckled in reply, then looked at her seriously. To be honest, best I can tell. I've always been like this inside. I just never knew how to let it out, or use it. Now that I do, I really don't want to stop. Poppy started to say something, and I held up a hand. But this shit is hard to deal with, and the biggest fear I have had from the beginning is that I would get carried away, and that when I did, 
the problem wouldn't be things crashing and burning for me, but that the fiery explosion would do something to hurt someone else. That's why, what happened? With your mother. No, what happened with you has me so sorry. I really am sorry, Poppy. She just stared at me for almost a minute. Then she said simply, I'll take a vanilla shake. I shot out of the booth and returned as fast as I could with two milkshakes and a plate of fries. I set them down, sat down myself, and suddenly we were having a fun, entirely uncontroversial conversation about who got into what colleges. The administration of the school was freaking out because we, as a class, had done a poor job of getting accepted at Ivy League schools. Apparently, they are disappointed in us, Poppy snorted. We shook our heads. After about another five minutes of talking about the utter loser who the junior class had elected as head prefect for the next year, funny how the class right after ours always made such universally lame decisions, I at last let down my guard. I figured we were good, and I could relax. Then, Poppy audibly slapped her milkshake cup down on the table. It jarred me back out of my relaxed state. All right, she said with a deep breath. I want in. I'm not going to be the only one that you are interested in, who doesn't get to take the ride. How do I make that happen? I can still be startled, even scared apparently. You want in? Yes in. Or, I want you in. Or, I want you in. Or, she seemed to have flustered herself with that last remark, and I could see her suddenly wrestle with what she was saying. I could not help but let loose the wolfish grin. Stop that. Or rather, don't stop that, Poppy said, looking at my expression. I kind of like that. I also want a guy who I can totally count on, but will also not be clingy. And I will admit freely, now, that the image of that beast you have down there has been weighing on my dreams. She took a deep breath and muttered, This is so humiliating. Why? You sound like me right now, I said honestly. You figured out what you want, and you asked for it. What more could I, for one, want? I looked at her hard, evaluating her. Mostly I think you've proven to me that I can trust you. You can trust me, she snorted. What? I asked quietly but intently. Don't I get to expect to be able to trust too? Poppy just looked back at me, squirming. I will freely admit it, I was staring at her now as hungrily as I could. Instead of obscuring my intentions, I wanted to make sure she could see what I was. Also, I really just wanted to look at her. All of her. You absolutely should, she said at last, still squirming in her seat. So, I know a great place. If you are interested at the moment, I said, still staring at her. Is it on campus? Of course. But it is really. I have a better place. My house. I was genuinely not sure about returning to the scene of the crime, so to speak. And what about Sloane? Hi, Sloane. Don't mind us. I'm just here to fuck your daughter this time round. On the other hand, houses have beds. I was a giant fan of beds, now that I had tried one. I also snuck my car into the day student parking lot, so we can take it and not walk, Poppy added. I wordlessly slid out of the booth and offered my hand to help her out. We were halfway there when I remembered Sloane. What about your mom? I asked tentatively. She has another date tonight, she said happily. It remains to be seen whether I approve of him, and I told Mom so. She said it remains to be seen whether she does either. We were in through the front door 
in moments. She led me upstairs to her room, where the bed was not quite as big as Sloane's, but was still crazy big and comfy. Looking, she stepped into the room, turned toward me, and with residual apprehension started to ask, so how do we beg? I just bent down, wrapped my arms around her waist, and lifted her off the ground, kissing her hungrily. She resisted for a split second, simply out of surprise, and then she began to kiss me back. We did that happily for a bit. There wasn't even any tongue involved, just two people trying to inhale each other's souls. Finally, I let her return to earth, and I wordlessly began to tear her clothes off. Poppy had been wearing a soft grey sweatshirt, with the neckline roughly cut wide open to fall off one shoulder, allowing the ornamental blue bra strap underneath to show through. The look had made it all the easier to stare at her back in the tuck. The only reason that I did not have it off of her instantly was that she had been trying to yank my golf shirt off at the same time. We both managed, however. Motivation does wonders. I left the bra alone for a moment. I was more interested in getting those yoga pants off her, because once she had stood up from the booth, those had occupied more of my attention than the sweatshirt. I loved the way they looked on her, and was desperate to get rid of them. Her legs were incredible. Of course, her curvy ass was pretty nice as well. And now that I thought about it, her tits were mighty appealing too, and I really need to get a look at them. Somehow, I managed to strip her naked and we found ourselves lying side by side on the bed, hands on each other's less naughty areas, and kissing each other again. So do we just do this, Poppy said in anticipation, tugging my waistband teasingly toward herself. Oh no, 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 I said with my best feral grin as I caressed a lovely tit. If I don't make you scream at least twice before we get to the main event, I'm not doing my job. With that, I pushed her over onto her back and lowered my face down to her fully shaven pussy. As it turns out, I managed to get her to scream three times, though I'm not sure if the last two were two rapid-fire orgasms or one super-long one. I was happy with the results, and if Poppy's foul, mouthed cries were anything to go by. So was she. Finally, she pushed me away from between her legs. Okay, you have to stop. Stop, she insisted, as I playfully tried to dive back in. She pushed me off and onto my back in turn. I rolled with the gentle shove. I reached up and pulled her down for a quick, deep kiss. I have some condoms in my wallet, I began, but she shook her head above me. Don't bother, I'm covered. I'm covered, this ain't my first rodeo, cowboy, she joked. That phrase had been running rampant on campus ever since the headmaster, of all people, had used it during a quendea about graduation. Besides, if I'd needed them, I'd have my own supply. I want to do everything right with this, she said. I first leered at that, then laughed at myself introspectively. What's the joke? Poppy asked. I am always focused on doing everything right, and no matter how many times it seems like I do, I'm always still kind of expecting to fail to meet the challenge. Well, don't drop the ball this time around, dude, Poppy laughed. But after what you just did, and how eagerly you did it, I for one am not worrying. She struggled up to a seated position on the bed beside me. Legs folded beneath her and ran her fingers over my torso, lightly. My nipples tensed up under her caress, and she noticed. 
teasing at them in response. It is funny. I don't know whether it is just the way it is, or if it is just people like me still seeing you with eyes that have been looking at you since freshman year when you were half a foot shorter than me and made out of pipe cleaners. But you have got a pretty nice body here. All buff or anything, I snorted derisively at that concept. Good thing. I'm finding I need a lot of stamina these days, I said. Then I listened to myself and flushed. Poppy actually ignored that little comment. She was staring down at my waist, running her tongue tentatively over her lips. She reached out toward me, then pulled back. She looked up at my eyes and asked, Stand up, please. I stood, and Poppy sat on the edge of the bed. I usually, in this circumstance, would have been wondering at the reaction I was about to get, but Poppy had already seen me. No ego boost today on that front. With determination on her face, Poppy grabbed at the waistband of my sweats, pulled them out and yanked downward in a rush. My cock was of course by this time well and truly engaged in the situation and waved slowly in front of her. Poppy visibly sagged and blew out her breath as if in relief. Thank God, she said. Thank you, I said in both amusement and uncertainty. Poppy almost unconsciously stuck her tongue into her cheek and reached out her fingers intently to brush up my length. Then she snorted and shook her head. I'm relieved, she said. I mean, you are still huge, dude, but you have to understand. I only saw it before, in a moment of super high freak. Out, right. I might, I... My initial impression was that you had a fucking baguette down there. With that, Poppy leaned forward and kissed the underside of my eager knob, then licked upward and opened her lips to let it slip into her mouth. Well, here was another milestone. Never before had a girl exposed my cock for the first time and been relieved that it was going to be more manageable than she had figured. Her lips pursed around my head, then slid lower, pressing it against her tongue. I muttered happily as she caressed me inside her mouth. One hand stroked my shaft almost idly, while the other explored my nuts much more intently. She lifted them and swung them side to side, teasing and stimulating me exquisitely. Her tongue's pressure against my cock lessened and I felt her slowly lower her head further. Both her hands stilled, still holding me, but her concentration was on filling her mouth with my cock. She bobbed up and down, sucking me in deeper. When she began to gag a little, I tired to shift away, but she just calmly let go of my rod, keeping a hold on my balls, and made some gesture with her hand, balling it into a weird, looking fist. She looked up at me with a playful look in her eyes, then looked down again. And she pushed me in deeper. I groaned happily at the sensation. I was in her throat, and moreover, Poppy was smoothly and evenly sliding me in and out. After a few bobs, she let me slide all the way out and she caught her breath. Without a word, she just slid me back in and bobbed again. She wasn't taking all of me, but she was definitely taking a lot and it felt so good. I blessed the field's genes that allowed for a selective gag reflex. Okay, crass admission time again. While I truly did miss hanging out with Carla as buddies, I also seriously, seriously missed her anaconda, like ability to just casually deep-throat my entire cock. Some of, if not perhaps many, 
of the best blowjobs I had ever experienced had been pulled off with no more than a couple of inches in the girl's mouth. Truly. But the feel of my dick descending down a throat was just a whole different thing. Not intrinsically better, just different. And it was a bit of variety that I had been missing regular doses of. I just groaned as loudly and happily as I could and closed my eyes, letting my head loll back. Just as I was getting used to the delicious sensations, familiar but new, I felt Poppy's hand cradling my balls go back to work. First, she gently tugged them, then tickled them. Then her fingertips curled up underneath and started tormenting the flesh behind them, stroking between my legs and getting close to my asshole. My groans of pleasure went up half an octave at the sudden powerful new sensation. She sensed my vulnerability and exploited it. She bobbed her head faster, but not as deeply, and tickled me harder. I was getting very happy by now, and started gently teasing at her hair. She absently reached behind her head, and absently flipped her ponytail, even though it was not getting in the way. After a few very pleasurable moments, she did it again. I realized I was being given an invitation, and I reached out and grabbed her shock of hair. She murmured happily, and went on driving me to distraction. I held the root of the ponytail, and began tugging in time with her own bobbing atop my cock. That was apparently my assigned task, because her hunger for my cock seemed only to grow. A few moments later, Poppy pulled herself free of the cock impaling her face and gasped to me, Pull me off of you when you are about to come. With that surprising instruction, she went back to work on me. It was not long until her instructions came into play, and I leaned forward, grunting in anticipation, held there for just a suck or two before I pulled, yanked really, on the ponytail and pulled her head free of my dick. She made me pull hard, but she was smiling, as my cock popped free of her mouth and she jacked my shaft while tickling behind my balls for all she was worth. I babbled incoherently and shivered as I started pumping jizz onto her cheeks and throat. She kept her eyes open and stared as I pumped stream after stream after stream of white cream across her front. She leaned forward a little, and my final, weaker jets splashed lower down, coating the upper curves of her firm, shapely tits. I let the ponytail slip from my grasp and collapsed backward to my elbows on the mattress. I stared at Poppy's delectable, cum-soaked visage. She was a spattered canvas of sexy beauty. I watched in fascination as she looked down at herself and wiped a strand of cum off the rounded curve of her breast, right above a wildly pert nipple. Popping the finger in her mouth, she took an experimental taste. She pursed her lips in approval and wiped a strand or two more off with her fingers and sucked them clean, but she tired of the game and probably realized that there was a fuckload of jizz to dispose of. She grabbed a towel and cleaned herself the rest of the way. She could see me watching her in still hungry appreciation the whole time, and she practically preened in response. As she finished, I crawled back onto the mattress, and she rolled over to lie next to me. I reached out and pulled her face back against mine, kissing her deeply. She climbed atop me and took control of the kiss, I was more than happy to let her. She had enthusiasm to spare. Please tell me the moment you are ready again, she gasped into my mouth. I'm so horn. Her hand had slipped between us, 
and found its grip on my still very hard cock. You're still hard. With a sexy naked girl like you lying on top of me, it gets like that, I laughed. She squeezed my cock eagerly and kissed me again, up against the headboard, she instructed. She practically shoved me as I crab-walked further up the bed until I was sitting up against the pile of pillows girls, and women alike always seemed to cover their beds with... Poppy just crawled after me and immediately straddled me. Again, she kissed me. How do you want to do this? she asked, holding my jaw in both hands. Her pussy was already rubbing against my shaft, revving it up from merely still hard, to eager again already. I like your current agenda, I laughed. You have the reins. She rubbed her crotch against me even more eagerly for a few, coating my cock in her juices. She reached down and guided my tip against her. She groaned happily as she sank down. She was beautifully tight, but she still fought to slide me inside her in my entirety as fast as she could. Once she had accomplished her campaign, she just rested, rocking atop me for a bit. I grabbed at her tits and began massaging, rolling her nipples between my thumbs and forefingers. After a few moments of enjoying this, Poppy worked to get up from her knees astride me to a position where her feet were beneath her, and she squatted on my cock. That she managed to do it without losing her pussy's grasp on my dick was fun to watch and better to feel. Then she began to hump up and down on top of me. I wondered if it was deliberate that this was the exact position I had been in with her mother when she had caught us. I was betting it had to be, but I was also betting that pointing it out would be counterproductive. I was almost in disbelief at how strong her legs were, humping her entire body weight up and down on my cock and giving herself such long strokes. With each rise, my head was barely still inside her and each time she fell, she impaled herself on me fully. Her legs had to be burning, but from the expression on her face, everything else was too. Her tits were almost the spitting image of her mother's, and they mesmerized me as she rode me. They were slightly smaller, and just as slightly more bouncy and firm. They filled my hands beautifully as I reached out to grasp her. Her nipples really were identical to Sloane's, with the same small, rosy aureoles and petite but rock, hard nipples pressing against my palms. Poppy just moaned louder and louder, whether from my appreciation of her breasts or from her own efforts atop my cock. Her moans soon took on a new character, and I sensed she was about to come. I was still a long way from that, so I relaxed back to enjoy the show. I let my hands slip free, reluctant to lose the feel of her tits, but anxious to watch them bounce as her strokes atop me grew faster and shorter in length. The way they swayed and even occasionally bounced was worth not holding them for a few minutes. Suddenly Poppy made a shrill little sound and she paused. Then, as she fucked my four two more, suddenly very slow strokes, that little sound sprang up into a loud, near, scream. Her body shook above me and her face screwed up in a closed-eyed grimace of weirdly agonized joy. And then she collapsed atop me. Her legs kind of somehow flowed out from under her until she was able to lie full atop me, back arched to follow me where I was propped up. 
I knew how flexible she was from having seen her move and sometimes slide around on the tennis court, but this was an impressive, yet apparently unconscious feat. She clasped my face and kissed me urgently, her body still quivering. I just wrapped my hands around her and gently caressed her ass. Wow, she murmured, still impaled on my dick. I think I'm going to forgive my mother. I sure as fuck can't blame her. Thank you, I murmured, and that really does make me happy all by itself. She snuggled against me for a little while. I lay happily beneath her, just letting my cock twitch inside her now and then, whenever she got too relaxed. So are you and I good? I asked idly. Poppy propped herself up and grinned at me. No, you have more apologizing to do to atone for your sins. She started to tickle me along my ribcage under my arms, which is dirty pool, because I am super ticklish. Our arms maneuvered around each other as we each tried to tickle the other while protecting ourselves. It was fun, even though she was clearly not so vulnerable to tickling as I am. After a bit, though, we kind of started to slide sideways, and I took advantage of the momentum. I lifted my arms slightly, and her hands dove into my vulnerable armpits. It was worth the momentary mind-bending sensation of her torturing fingers in there, because now I could wrap my arms around her firmly and roll us over. We twisted diagonally as we turned over, so that we were now off of the propping pillows and almost crosswise on the bed. We ended up with me now lying flat atop her, and almost before we stopped turning, I was driving into her with deep hungry thrusts that felt amazing and had the added virtue of getting her to stop with the damn tickling. Poppy gasped beneath me with each pounding thrust. I was hungry now, and I wanted, no, needed my own release. I just hoped I'd be bringing Poppy along for the ride with another orgasm to pile onto my apology account. I smiled hungrily down at her as I fucked her, and her bright eyes gleamed back at me. I was a lot closer to coming than I had thought, and it was not long before I felt myself tensing. Poppy was still gasping beneath me, but not so urgently as I was feeling. Suddenly, she lifted both legs up around me and crossed her calves across my humping ass. The angle change felt so fucking good, and I pounded her even harder. She liked it too, because her groans became deeper and more urgent as well. Come! She almost shouted. Come in me! Do it! Now! I try to fulfill requests. What can I say? I'm a giver. Fortunately, I could not have resisted coming if had I wanted to, and my arms pressed my back up into an arch as my cock slammed home in her. I froze in place, jizz pumping into her in a wild flow that sent sensations up and down my legs and curled my toes. It sent plenty of sensations into Poppy as well, and she bucked and squealed beneath me. Don't stop, she pled to me. Keep doing it. I could not move for a second or more until my cock stopped erupting, but then I slammed into her again. My cock screamed in my head at the post, orgasmic sensory overload but I wanted to. I had to get Poppy off this final time. I thrust hard, groaning in painfully excessive pleasure. Yes, she screamed. Oh, yeses! Her hands slapped the mattress beside her over and over again as her body thrashed beneath me as long waves of orgasm rippled through her. 
I kept thrusting throughout, and finally her hands lifted to press against my belly, pushing me away. Her hands lifted to press against my belly, pushing me away. Stop. Oh, thank you, but stop. Almost in revenge, I kept driving into her for a few thrusts more, before collapsing down atop her, trying to keep most of my weight leaning to one side against the mattress. We both lay there, happily panting for breath. Occasionally, one of us would caress the other briefly, but mostly we just searched for air. My cock had had enough for a while, and softened, shrinking its way out of Poppy. As I felt myself finally losing my place inside her, I rolled fully off her to my side. She just lay there on her back, floppy, sweaty, and looking well fucked. Well, I said, regaining energy, or at least mental energy. Now am I forgiven? She looked at me with a broad smile and wiped perspiration from her brow. You are getting there. 